Hello, and welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Saylet. And this is Kalina. And we're a podcast who reads and reviews paranormal romance novels. Thank you for joining us, guys. Yeah, welcome back. Yes. So uh, we got a fun book for you guys today. It's to recognize LGBTQ+. So we got a nice little love story here. And so we'll get into that. But first, you got a quickie? I do. I have a quickie. And it is all about lube. So what's your preference? Special lube, natural lube, spit. (laughs) Olive oil. (laughs) Olive oil. Something completely not lube. Um, obviously, I do prefer natural lubricant. I don't, I feel like I don't really have a problem with that for most of the time. Usually it's just, if we're getting there, then I'm usually prepped. But if I'm not, usually it just takes like a swipe up and down and then I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like at least now for, you know, this current part of my life, I still am pretty naturally Mm -hmm. lubricated. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. frequently informed of my juiciness (laughs) by said partner. (laughs) So what? Yeah. (laughs) All Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's not really an issue yet. I know it's something that Although I do have to say at different times, it's a little bit different and you know, different times of the month. But also a couple weeks ago, I had a real bad head cold. So I was taking a lot of decongestants, which oh. the whole point of them is to dry up your mucous <laughs> membranes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, I, I definitely knew I was a lot drier. I was like, oh, no. Oh, okay. that is So you can, yeah, you can pick up on that. So at that point, I do. I have a lube that I like that is uh, purchased from a (laughs) a store and is good for use during, you know, intimacy. And it's not olive oil because I don't recommend, especially women, putting anything down there. No. (laughs) That is not tested and specific for that area because that is definitely how you end up with like yeast infections. Yes. UTIs or or just generally not healthy vaginas. Fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't, I mean, if there isn't the natural lubricant and no lube around, then it's spit, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm at that point too, where I just really, most of the time don't really need it. And if I'm watching something that entices me and puts me in the mood, then I definitely don't need it. You know, or reading. reading. Or fucking, yeah, Yeah. I'm done. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Yeah. Then you're just like, okay. slide already, guys. I'm fucking ready. I'm ready. It's all good. But usually it's just, just kind of like a, yeah, just kind of touch it there. Mm, Pretty much. As long as I know it's about to get action. It mm-hmm. just shows up. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I do have to say, if it's in the morning, <laughs> mm-hmm. my body isn't, nor is my mind, isn't truly awake in the morning and ready for any type of stimulation. And in fact, it doesn't want to be touched. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a morning person. <laughs> so it's not preferable. But mm-hmm. I, I'm also not going to really complain about it. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely, like, you can tell the difference because certain parts get a lot more sore when you're not properly lubricated you know because you're like it, you can still have sex yeah for sure it's just like ow <laughs> it is it is a little bit more like there's ow. a certain area where the friction isn't helpful and doesn't uh-huh. make you feel good that is right so lube yep. is important and yeah in you know because we're going to end up there with this book in reference to this book i have found that with the beginning of you know exploring anal play like that's where lube is necessary yeah that is not a self-lubricating yes area. 
You don't have natural lubricant there. So and there's not enough from the front space to cover, you know, there's not enough. You need to start yes. using yeah. actual lube. Yeah. And there is specific lube, though I, I would argue that I don't really think it makes a difference. I think lube is lube. But there is specific, you know, lube, too, that you can purchase. And I, I don't think the know. biggest concern is if you're doing any, like, latex toys to make sure you're, or if you're using condoms to make sure your lube is yeah. compatible. Because there are lubes that will break down condoms or will harm your silicone toys. Oh, okay. So you that have to check. Yeah. So you have to check if you're going to be using it with toys or with condoms that you aren't using the wrong kind because then it could either make your condoms ineffective or if you're with could do damage to some really expensive toys. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that makes yeah, a lot of sense. That's all I know. I just don't, I don't know which one is which. You just have to read. Sure. Safe read. for use with. Yeah. Read words, kids. <laughs> Or wait, no. If you're a kid, oh. don't listen. Stop. Turn it off. Why are you, why are you, why are you here? <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. So it is June, which is LGBTQ plus month. And so we have a lovely male male romance book for you guys. It's called Demons Do It Better by Louisa Masters and narrated by Joel Leslie. Pretty quick clits notes, hopefully. I'm going to just get into it. We meet Sam. He is a presumably human. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He does not know anything about the supernatural and he's interviewing for a new job. He sounds like pretty much just like an admin. I mean, basically, he's he's us. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) oh, I know this dude. I can run a team. Totally know this dude. (laughs) (laughs) I gotcha. I know what you do. And he's bored where he is and he found an interesting job post that says like admin position, but look at, you know, with adventure and excitement. And he's like, trust me, no admin positions ever say excitement and adventure. Yep. <laughs> so he's he's interested and he goes and applies for the job and he's basically offered it. But the caveat is it's for a special secret government agency that is run by supernaturals and he would be running a supernatural team as they went out into the world and kind of dealt with keeping supernatural entities safe and and secret. secret. Mm-hmm. And so he has to figure out if he's going to just bite that whole theory after living 30, you know, 20 some odd years not believing in supernatural and discovering that it exists. You know, everything from demons to shifters to warlocks. Or if he's going to just stay safe in his natural human world. And so he goes out drinking, ends up with a bar hookup, mm-hmm. and then takes the job. And so is it exactly the next day or is it like, I think it's the next day. I think it is the next day. <laughs> Walks into work and is introduced to the team. Mm-hmm. And now luckily not on his team, but in the same office is his one night stand from the night before. Yes. Gideon. And now it's awkward. So five years later, it's still awkward. <laughs> but they haven't worked directly with each other. So they just basically haven't talked or, you know, dealt with each other for five years. Except that now, like Gideon's on this really elite team, like the special forces of the supernatural bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they want to bring Sam on to be their admin. And because he's really good. He's super good. He's like the best. And he's been doing really well with his old team, but they they want him on the, the all-star team. Mm-hmm. And so they bring him in to tell him that. And Gideon is like acting all, you know, not very nice. Well, he's a demon. So he tends to act not very nice anyway. <laughs> Just generally. But Sam's like, do all of you really want this? Or is this some bullshit? And anyway, he... <laughs> 
long story short, he joins the team. They're investigating these kidnappings of supernatural pregnant women. Um, there's some shadowy entity that may be doing experiments on supernaturals and in pregnancy because they have really low birth rates, low fertility. And mm-hmm. there's like this attempt to try and boost their fertility so that they'd have more children and thus be able to take over the world from humans. Because right now there's a balance. They live really long lives and have fewer offspring, whereas humans live short lives and fuck a lot and have kids. Have lots of offspring. <laughs> so it kind of creates a balance. And this this entity wants to overthrow that balance and make supernatural beings that like take their rightful places lords of the world i guess (laughs) they discover that sam was in this program as an infant he had been one of the initial experiments because they turns out he's not really human Mm -hmm. (laughs) he is a shifter a cat shifter who's been uh suppressed he has this weird magical gene suppression on him so they break the suppression he becomes a cat shifter he realizes his whole life is a lie and then he and gideon fuck again yes they (laughs) do eventually get um, together again there's so you know some people get kidnapped and die and they're saved and everything but he and gideon end up together because they admit that they both really like each other and uh he moves in and they're in love and they're gonna keep solving the problems of the Mm -hmm. supernatural world as a team (laughs) yes it's a very cute little love story that has the background and the, I guess, the the evident end of the world type of trope. But we don't really get into the details of that. And yeah, like, Not really. Like, not it's, really. it's peripheral to the story. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Which yeah, is good. There's some shit going down, but at the end of the day, it's really about like mm-hmm. Gideon and Sam like coming to terms with their attraction. Yeah. And then once they do, just having dirty sex so <laughs> on good. the floor. So good. Like, yes. <laughs> with olive oil as well. Yes. <laughs> if they can't make it the to the bedroom, right? They're just like, uh, yeah, the cookie in the bed. I think a good place to start is the narrator, who is I think Joel absolutely. Leslie, who sets the fucking pace for this book it is incredible absolutely amazing narration yes some of the best now you know we talk a lot about aiden stone how much we fucking love his voice <laughs> yeah and his you know they're different character voices joel leslie's you know sam is a little bit more effeminate but his acting of the voice like the story yeah. the acting of the narration is amazing yes. like it is he does so many different voices like and almost all of them are men there's a handful of women in the book but yeah the main characters are pretty much guys mm-hmm. and they have like ranging a- accents and he does all of them really quick back and forth dialogue between these multiple accented male characters and they're all unique and individual but the piece of the resistance is Joel's acting during sex scenes oh. Oh my god, he's literally playing a role and he is experiencing <laughs> he's experiencing I mean, what the, the characters are going through. He's exasperated and he like squeaks and he does all of like I you're know. in it. You're in it cuz he's in it and he's pulling you in it. It's so good. He really does make it feel like you are actively listening to sex scene. <laughs> actually happening on the like a side? real sex scene and you're like Joel, holy what's shit what's going on what are you doing well i mean you know he's mm-hmm. reading this goddamn book which is really sexy so it is and it's funny and his is. sam is just seems to fit sam perfectly like i'm sure if i read the book this is the kind of sam i would be envisioning because he's like yeah sarcastic and snarky and witty and like just it's super quick and it's funny yeah and joel just pace like fits that perfectly with his voice and his his narration so 
It's very good. And I think an add to that is how fast we listen to it. <laughs> I know. I say fast paced and we listen at 1.5 speed, but I think it's <laughs> like, fast paced for people at normal speed. <laughs> yeah. Which I think, yeah. But I actually think it helps put you into this story mode a little bit better because of how he characterizes the, yeah. you know, the people. Mm-hmm. It's good. I, I appreciate it a lot. It was a lot of. Because he even like emoted so many different emotions and you could feel it because of how Sam was going through all these things. He was just like discovering who he was, figuring out that he was like part of this experiment. His childhood doctor is the bad guy. All of this stuff is coming up. All of it. Like at one point, in order to kind of break the spell on him that was keeping his shifter side suppressed, they had to, they had like an alpha uh, shifter, the shifter alpha Mm-hmm. show up and command him to shift yeah which is they're like the other shifters his his best friend is um alistair and he's a hellhound <laughs> and uh that's one of the he was on the team that sam ran for five years that he like he was called in because this team accidentally somehow managed to have a whole bunch of hellhounds in it and they tend not to try to put hellhounds together because they form a pack mentality and become too much to deal with and they're mischievous and like <laughs> they're just like trouble <laughs> they're just difficult and they're yeah. like yeah and they like imprint on their admin and yes. so they, they have chased away all their previous admins and the head honcho guy is like my last resort is a human because I feel like they have to be on their best behavior. They yeah. can't fuck around with a human, right? And so he picks Sam as a human to be the admin for this team of mostly alpha or mostly hellhounds. Mm-hmm. And they all just like adopt him as their person. Right away. And yes. Alistair in particular, who is his best friend, and he just showed they, they have a apparently locks don't matter to nope. hellhounds. They can just walk in wherever, yep. whatever. And so they just are always in his house and he's just like, ah, I didn't <laughs> expect people today. <laughs> So he has like no personal space or nope. time and no anyway. privacy. So Alistair finds out he's trying to they're they're trying to force him to shift and he's like, Don't no, that's a terrible way because there's a lot of repercussions from it, right? Mm-hmm. But they really don't have any other alternatives. They have to get they have to break this magic on him and get his cat side out. And afterwards, and then he shifts back. Well, first of all, it's hilarious because he's a cat, and so he's like walking around rubbing up on people and like <laughs> laying in their laps like a cat. <laughs> especially Gideon's lap because they've already they haven't had their sex their secondary encounter yet but they are definitely starting to like heavy flirt with each other and then afterwards once he's done with it this really deep paranoia kicks in it's a result of the force shifting it kind of like messes with your mind for a while especially because it was his first time he didn't get to go through normal natural shifter puberty Mm-hmm. And oh, that's so, right. He's going through second puberty. He is going through second, like, horny <laughs> puberty, which is hilarious, too. But, like, Joel's acting of that paranoia scene where he's just like, everybody's out to get me. Like, it was so oh, so good. good. It's so good. <laughs> and he didn't trust anybody. No. <laughs> It was good. Yeah, and he gets he gets really into these scenes and like you know, at the important parts of all the different events that are happening throughout the story, and he pulls you in so nicely, and you get really involved into the scenes, and and that goes along very well with all the sex scenes too. Like the very first sex scene was really good, and uh, yeah, I think and it's my pretty favorite, early in the book. Yeah, I mean, like it's literally him going to the Sam going to the job interview, learning about the paranormal world because it is a big secret. Nobody else, the humans, don't know about it. It's a, I mean, this is part of the 
hidden species novels. So it is to protect the paranormal world in this world. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to a bar after he's just like, what the fuck do I do? I just learned about all this shit and now, but I really need a job. It sounds really good. So he's just fighting with internally of whether or not he should take this job. And then he meets Gideon, who, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think he was specifically at a gay bar, was he? No. All I know is that it was a bar. (laughs) Me too. I don't think he said it was a gay bar. I think he just said it was a bar and it was near, it was near the headquarters. Yes. He left the interview and went to a bar. And then similarly, Gideon had been being a little bit of a brat. And so his teammates were like, get the fuck out of here. Go we away. don't want to see you anymore. So he goes to a bar. Because <laughs> apparently like that's what you do when you're kind of a brat. Yeah. <laughs> Your coworkers tell you to get out of their faces. Yes. What happens? And so that's how they meet. And I don't know, like, I guess I asked because I don't know, like, how can you tell as a person who can't read those signs of either way if you're straight or if you're not straight or if you're gay or not great or, or you know whatever your preference is like i just i'm oblivious to that kind of stuff to me it's just kind of like cool this person wants to be my friend even if they want to be more than friends i just can't read those signs yeah you're not good at it i'm not good at um, it <laughs> i don't know but i have a feeling there's kind of some inside tricks for yeah, gay men be. i feel like they have to have develop those over the time i mean obviously being in a space that's dedicated to it would definitely be helpful but even if you're not like i feel like there has i mean they talk about gate you know radar gaydar yeah has to kind of exist yeah there's got to be some type of like i don't think there's a telltale sign but like you know something that they can pick up on it and stuff but i just read those type of things so differently and i know i have a hard time picking those up but sometimes i feel like if a girl just walks by and says hi to you Dan, that doesn't mean she wants to get in your pants. She just said hi. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, she wants you me. don't know. I mean, maybe, but, you know. And it's not that I care. Like, I'm, I'm like, whatever, that's cool. But sometimes I'm like, no. Like, she just Oh, let him have this. his fantasy. I know. I'm that all of them kill. love him and want to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But anyway, so yeah, they they go home together because they get this really intense attraction to each other, even at the bar. And just the way that Sam is expressed in that, actually throughout this entire book, but in that scene where he's just like, I'm ready. I, I just want to fuck this guy. I just want him inside of me. And so she's like, okay, let's go to my apartment. And Gideon's like, okay. And Gideon has an accent. What kind of accent do you think he would have? Like a, but it was know, kind of Europeanish, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Europeanish, and he's got a deep voice, and mm-hmm. and it's and he's it's, gorgeous. Well, like yes. apparently the supernaturals are all just fucking gorgeous. Yeah, uh, always. Why you know yeah. I, every time in every supernatural book they're like, and they're supernaturally hot, and I'm like, of course they fucking are. Of course they are. But he does have a glamour on, so you can't like see his horns. So yeah. there is enough magic in the supernatural world to kind of glamour the humans, so they don't see the pieces that they shouldn't see so yeah he doesn't know that there are horns there yeah sam doesn't because he gideon thinks he well sam is human at this point it's to yes. all intents and purposes like as far as any magic can detect science all of it mm-hmm. he is reading as completely human Technology. and gideon purposefully fucks human men because he doesn't want to deal with them later yes <laughs> in his job and so when they go back to Sam's house, like, it's okay. Like, he doesn't know that Sam knows. And Sam obviously isn't going to assume that the first person he meets is 
supernatural. So it's kind of like no one knows the truth and that's okay. And they just go back to Sam's house and just have a really dirty night of hot, hot sex. Now, one thing I love in this book is all of the safety stuff right at the beginning because Sam mentions being on PrEP, which is the medication you can take to prevent HIV. So it's Mm -hmm. really... It's used in the gay community as a preventative mm-hmm. as well as condoms and, of course, lube and like all like he has it all. He's like, it's in the it's in the drawer. <laughs> like, yeah. Get it out. And, you know, and Gideon does and uses it. So I like that. That's a. Uh, yeah. Even though there's that undertone of like because even Gideon was like, oh, we don't need to worry about that. And it's like, well, but you don't know that we don't need to worry about it. Because didn't he say something like that? Or am I thinking of a different book? I, mean, I do think he books. doesn't use the condom. And so then uh, Sam's like, OK, you must be on prep, too. No, he's not. OK. He's a demon so we can't actually have hiv but whatever yeah (laughs) there's but he doesn't know that yeah so they're still (laughs) talking about it and like making sure they're safe so yeah which is i appreciate because you know hookups should be done safely and even the like physicality of it so like not just having the medication and the condoms and stuff ready for in the lube but even making sure that he's ready to receive him and stuff like that like it was just this it was hot and heavy and everything was really ready to go but he had stretched him out and was ready to to take him and stuff so I mean, much like we discussed at the beginning, whereas we need to have a little yes. bit of foreplay to get that juices flowing so that we're yeah. prepped and ready. Mm-hmm. Well, you mm-hmm. can't just bottom no. out of nowhere. Like, no. Gotta, like, and imagine, I mean, we're just guessing, but it sounds like as a demon, demon dicks are pretty sizable yes. equipment. Um, yes. <laughs> so there definitely needs to be care taken mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for your partner to be in a good spot for that. So, yeah. Yeah, it was very sexy. And then they, what do they order? They order food, right? Chinese. Was that night or in the morning? No, I oh, that night. That night. They immediately, yes, like, finished. Because they were hungry. And, like, yeah, he was like, I guess I have, like, some toast or something. And he's like, I'll order, like, Guinea's like, I'll order Chinese. <laughs> yeah, so he went, because while he did that, Sam was getting cleaned up. Yeah. And he just thought he was just like, am I in a dream? This guy is like, we're done. And he's still here and ordering me food. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like, well, for round two. <laughs> yes, for round two. Yep. It's good. It's a very cute, meat cute, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And for sex scene and just, uh, it's good. And then we do, I mean, it skips like that to five years later after he's had the job for five years and he did see Gideon there yeah, for, the, on day one when day he started. Day one and, like, and Gideon like looks daggers at him and then like storms off and doesn't speak to him so sam's assuming yeah. gideon didn't hates want him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hates him just literally well, and then he's just a one-night stand and done true and he also starts to hear around the office that gideon hates humans so he doesn't even understand why gideon went out and slept with humans in the first place but he was like whatever i just won't be around him i won't have to deal yeah. with him and yeah. he doesn't for five years. And then all of a sudden, they get thrown back together as he joins Gideon's team. Can you imagine that? Having that contention with somebody that you've been with and just having that tension I, for five years in, in your workplace. I cannot. I That <laughs> whole con- – that idea is – terrifying like oh my god i wouldn't know if i could handle it honestly but at the same time i don't think that i would care i mean maybe i would i, I, mean, I, can't I think it, it depends right i think mm-hmm. the fact is secretly even from the beginning sam was like in love with Gideon. yes <laughs> like even from like the beginning of the meet in the in the bar he's like mm-hmm. this guy is gorgeous and 
hot and like funny and they get along and so i think if it's a true just like non-emotional one night stand and then they show up at work i probably wouldn't care i'd be like yeah awkward and let's not yes. let's not talk to each other and make this better <laughs> but if, mm-hmm. five years would be enough time like for sure it would die down right to heal that over yeah but exactly. sam is still like you know Has- Feelings. still has feelings and it's obvious like once we get five years down the line Gideon does too like Gideon's mm-hmm. definitely still into Sam and like as soon as he needs to start being protective like as soon as they discover that Sam's kind of part yeah. of this whole plot thing Gideon is like not leaving his side like spending the night oh the drunk scene I forgot about the drunk scene oh when he, they go to celebrate his promotion <laughs> yes and he accidentally drinks the special brew yes Oh, that was a roller coaster of emotions. Just and from Sam singly, oh, and God. just uh, <laughs> I would recommend highly. I mean, read the book if you guys want, but I would recommend listening to this story because of the way that it was narrated. Joel did such an amazing job, and that was actually a funny scene too. I just oh, it was loved, fucking great. Yeah, oh, I just love how he acted everything out, and he was just so into it, which is so great. I wish a lot of our narrators were more like that. It is like acting. It really, mm-hmm. really, really is. And like, okay, I'm going to take a tangent here, everybody. <laughs> want to go on a ride with me. There's a book out. It's called Thank You for Listening by Julia Whalen. And she is actually a voice actress. And then she's transitioning into writing. She's doing her own writing now, specifically romance narrator into romance okay. writing. And it's such a good book because it is about, the book is about a voice actor who oh. starts out, as a lot of them do, starts out doing romance because there's just a ton of money in it, right? Mm-hmm. Or not a ton of money, but there's just a ton of work, right? And then she, you know, she doesn't love it. She has a lot of personal issues. And so she starts... Once she's big enough, she transitions and she drops that pseudonym and uses her real name to do, you know, more standard fiction books that aren't specifically romance. But then she ends up back in romance for this whole this whole story, whatever. But it's such a good book and it's such a good, like, examination of the audio narration world and, like, what the narrate Because she ends up partnering, like, doing a duet narration with this guy who, of course, she had a one-night stand with in Vegas and isn't, you know, <laughs> da, 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 all, all, all the wonderful stuff stuff that you always want to happen in a romance and she's watching him narrate at one point and realizes that he is not connected to the character he's just got a voice you know he's, he's got a, just reading he's like one of the biggest narrators for romance but he's just reading because he's just doing a voice he but he's not in it and she is a traditionally trained actress who oh. has a scar from an incident so she no longer does screen acting But she puts all of that acting talent into her audio performances and it really like makes them better. And so she tries to teach him how to do that. And eventually he does. And then they're like, ah, you know, anyway. Yeah. That was a whole nother book that's not the book we're talking about. But everyone should also go and read that book because it's fantastic. <laughs> it's super well, cute. The meat, Oh, my God. It's super fucking cute. I'll have to check it out and see. Yeah. But maybe we'll do an episode on it in the future. But I just love the overlap of like audiobook, romance book, listening to it. And then yeah. like, written by a person who does the audio of a romance book. I just love it. It's awesome. It's so many layers of like the shit we love. But it really does... <laughs> It comes across as like it's this easy to do job where you just read a book. Like I fucking Mm -hmm. love books. I can read books. I couldn't do this for love nor money. Like 
the idea of coming up with different voices and then tracking them over time, like who sounds like what and doing the same voice for every yeah. time that character shows. No fucking way. And oh, to yeah. do it emotively with passion so that as an audiobook consumer, the best ones are the ones where you do not feel like it's not being read to you. You're nope. literally listening you to the it. action uh-huh. and you're yep. in it. If it feels yeah, like somebody exactly. reading at you, it's not good. That's not the way it should be. <laughs> and though I don't hate a lot of our narrators, I do feel like no, that no. is probably it. That's, uh, you know, but the, that's the good thing about us listening to is that we can create those animations ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We're so used to it. But then we come across a narrator like Joel and I actually, I I feel that way about um, Jim Dale as well. And I fucking love him. He is probably my favorite. He's not the sexiest. Obviously, that's Aiden Snows. And I think if you can emote your characters, even just by using different tones and different... Because I think that's what Aiden does. But for him... Because he doesn't act out scenes. Like, he doesn't act out, like, orgasms or anything like that. Like, the way Jules does. I mean, he growls (laughs) and stuff in a way that makes me, like, wet. Uh, Yes! (laughs) And meows and all, you know, other stuff. Yeah. You know, but... He has that sounding voice to like. Oh yeah, bring no, us his in, voice, you know, is romance. It's his male just, romance character oh, voice, guys. Especially paranormal Mario. Yes, especially <laughs> the par- paranormal super large ones. giant alpha yeah vampires and werewolves and shit. But yeah, the things that that Joel does during uh, a lot of the scenes, like the freakout scene, the drunk scene, oh, so even the sex good. scenes, they're really good. Sex scenes, or when he's paranoid, like all of it. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I love it. I love. Was that the scene? <laughs> was that the scene that when he woke up? Obviously, Gideon was there because he just wanted to make him so. So after five years, Gideon's like, "Okay, I don't want to." It seemed like he didn't want to rehash this, but he couldn't really help the way he feels either. He still, I think, was really into Sam, so mm-hmm. he took Sam home and made sure that he was okay because he was like drunk out of his mind and freaking out about all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> But that was was that also the scene where there was the extra person from his new team was there as well. So 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 yes, the okay the drunk night they take him home and two of them are there in the morning and so his yes. um, Sam's assumption is that they the two of them shared his guest bed, which is even smaller. And it he doesn't find out until like halfway through the like much much later that no Gideon actually slept with. Sam that night that Sam yeah. was drunk and and even then the next time he has to take him home oh I think after when he's paranoid after they force his shift he stays again oh, and one. sleeps with yes. him again and it's just yes, like all these does. times of him being very caring and mm-hmm. like even the team is like Gideon is caring for you <laughs> yeah yeah because he comes off as this like shut off hardcore you know like the the regular badass hardcore demon that you get that no one can break down walls with mm-hmm, of course <laughs> so every, everybody is just like what i mean he even sammy gives him a nickname which we can't remember i i can't i think, think it's giddy but clean of things is good i think at yeah. one point he slips and calls him gid and everyone's like did you just call you gideon gid a nickname <laughs> like and you're still alive <laughs> yeah i love it because there's this scene where it's them two and then alistair just he just shows up all the time out of nowhere he just shows up he does was there too and then gideon is having fun just sort of like going through all of his shit oh and he likes to clean gideon likes to clean he likes things he organized likes to organize yes. so he's he wandering wants- around the apartment putting everything into order in order so he's got the food and the snacks in alphabetical order and just, so he then goes into his room <laughs> he goes into sam's room and starts organizing his dildos 
Sam's like, trying to head him off at the pass. Like, no. He's like, oh, my God. And he's like, do you want me to organize him by paranormal creature or by, you know, color or by whatever? Size. Like, yes. Use. This They're one's like, obviously yeah. oh. the demon yes. was obviously more heavily used. <laughs> Sam's like mortified and the the other co-worker and Alistair was just like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) so good so funny there this book was funny there were lots of funny scenes in it there was it was it was very entertaining I kind of knew like it just had that look about it Mm -hmm. I like this I like the rom-com elements it's fun Mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah so the the dildos though were hilarious because <laughs> so sam's trying to like defend himself he yes he does have a demon dildo but <laughs> he has all of them because apparently there was a set you could buy for paranormal yes. dicks <laughs> where you could Which... see all the different dicks of the paranormal world and i could just see the beautiful packing in the box that that would come in and so now i'm like hold on is this like a real thing and i mean well, yes they I have mean, alien you look ones and I tentacle ones if you look in, ones. yeah if you look yeah. into dildors right now it's wild out there <laughs> yeah and you know i haven't been to like a fascinations in a really long time I so i bet if we walked through we may be able to find something interesting but i do i do remember seeing like stuff that are just a little bit they're different than the traditional dicks obviously they're they're very different so there's a whole (laughs) genre out there of alien ones that are egg seminators so they like have little egg pods that they can plop out of the dildo into and out a person whatever yes (laughs) oh man i know very very interesting so, but yeah. I just love it. I just love that they're just like having fun with it. And it's just such a. <laughs> it is. It's very it's... fun. It's very like. And even though it is work, like they're obviously. Yeah. A fun team who likes to like tease and play with each other, but really love mm-hmm. each other too. Like they've worked together for so long. And I mean, they all have supernatural lifespans. So. That's true. They're for a very long time. But I think a, a contributing factor to that is that they, when they do find out that Sam actually is part of their world mm-hmm. in a more in a deeper sense because he is supernatural this is what they are doing this is the job that they are there and they actually have somebody now in their group that is going through the exact thing that they are looking to that's yeah that's they're usually finding people in these Mm -hmm. kind of situations who like either are discovering that they're supernatural later in life or Mm -hmm. going through some kind of difficulty and they try to find them and help them and get them safe and out of keep them secret from humans yeah exactly and now they have to do it for one of their own yep which creates that bond that everybody has with each other i mean like kalina said when when he had to leave the hellhounds they're just like no and like crying and they didn't want him to leave they're like you're ours we've adopted you you've become part of it you are human and (laughs) and they're just like mischief so they're always just getting in trouble all the time and i'm sure that they didn't want to like pick a fight with the elite obviously the elite are the elite they'll kick your ass but still no they they, wanted to fight for him yeah they're like no you're ours we had you first and he's like i am a human being i am not a toy that you get to claim (laughs) i love that he's got that like sort of control over them and they're just like oh but we love you yes But then it's a little bit tricky for his best friend Alistair because Alistair's a hellhound. Yeah. And then once Sam starts, once they figure out that he has latent shifter properties and they figure out he's going to end up a cat. So then then Alistair's really upset. He's like, but you're going to smell like a cat because <laughs> they don't, you know, cats and dogs. <laughs> you know, 
So he has to get over his dislike of cats in order to stay friends with Sam. Yeah. And he does. He does. He's just like, especially when he's going through the transformation and the the changes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, you guys got to get out. He's got to do this on his own. Like the the big guy or the scientist or whoever. Mm -hmm. And Gideon's like, fuck you. I'm not leaving him. And then Alistair was like, yeah, yeah, me too. Please let me stay. And he's like, yeah, these two could stay. (laughs) Well, I think at the very beginning, Alistair can't because he is a dog. And they're like, oh, yeah. No, that's going to be too triggering to the cat. That's true. But then later, when the first one after he shift and he's starting to become paranoid, they ask him who he wants to take him home, and he takes Gideon and Alistair. Yeah, because he knows Alistair's his friend, even though he's being paranoid about all the rest of them. But it's great. And Louisa wrote some really powerful relationships throughout this book. And mm-hmm. the, obviously the biggest one is between Gideon and Sam. And so that sort of puts a riff in their relationship, right? So Sam, because he was raised by his quote unquote, I guess, adoptive parents, he thought that they were his real parents. But he yeah. then later finds out that they were part of this program and essentially bought him, right? Well, not bought. So the, the deal was he... He was born to a human woman and a mm-hmm. shifter husband, or not husband, but man. So the scientist yeah. found a woman willing to get pregnant for money and made sure that she got pregnant by a shifter mm-hmm. and then carried Gideon or carried Sam to term. But d- the experiments were done in utero. So like the science, the, the magic was placed on him in utero. And then once he was born, of course, the scientist killed his mom because you don't want to mm-hmm. be part of these experiments. It's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he gave him to a human couple, but they were going to get paid like a couple million dollars if they yeah, raised they were him to 18. part of the scheme. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't love him or no. like him or want him around, but they had to keep him because that's how they got their money yeah and so they kept talking about just you know just getting him to 18 and then then they'd be free letting him loose they'd be yeah rich and they could do whatever they wanted and so but in in particular the dad hated him because when he came out as gay he then at that point too was just like okay now i really really hate you yeah so he he was was also homophobic Mm -hmm. (laughs) on top of not really (laughs) wanting a child yeah now he has a gay child who he doesn't Mm -hmm. want and so sam was like i can't stay here like he didn't think he'd make it and that was probably pretty true yeah so he's he found some secret cash in their attic and stole it and ran away at like 14 right yes something yeah it was yes it was 14 i thought it was 14 it was it was too young like 16 young young. 14 is too fucking well because because i kept thinking you can't even get an apartment at that age like what do you do now you can't drive (laughs) you can't do anything (laughs) yeah no it was too it was too young to do anything and it was it's so funny because it was like spare cash but it was like two million two million he stole two million dollars from (laughs) he's like oh you know just two million (laughs) dollars And he, like, managed to find someone to give him a false identity. Yes. And, like, fake his death so that they stop looking. Because he could tell that they were looking for him. Obviously, one, the scientist is looking for him because he's, like, he's part of this experiment. But then, two, the the parents are, like, give us our fucking money back. Yes, we want our money back. This is the whole reason we got you. Yeah. So he gets out and lives his life. And it's awesome that he gets through all Mm -hmm. of that. And just, like, coincidence that he ends up at a supernatural agency right as his supernatural stuff is starting to come out. So the Mm 
the, mm-hmm. the magic that was put on him in utero is starting to break down as he reaches what age is considered puberty for shifters. Which is almost 30. Yeah. So it's like the late <laughs> 20s. 30. He's almost 30. Yeah. But, know. you know, that it sets the stage for like the type of relationship and how he wants to handle relationships. So when he and Gideon start hooking up and, and being together again, he wants to keep it a secret. And he doesn't want the office or anybody else to really know about it. Yeah. So I don't know if that's before or after the dildo scene because now there's two other people in the office who are like, um, also we could smell you guys on each other. So well, <laughs> like, here's the thing is they haven't like the dildo scene happens first. And so okay. as, it just looks like Gideon organizing Sam's dildos. And <laughs> I mean, he's organizing the whole house. So I don't think the other people think too much of it. It didn't look particularly yeah. intimate. Okay. Um, it, Sam was dying because he's like, no. Yes. But then after the paranoia scene, after all of this, da, 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 so many things happen. And that's when they finally have sex again. Yeah. And it's like Sam wants it to be real, but he also doesn't want to take it into the office. He is afraid of like teasing and he assumes he assumes Gideon wants to keep it quiet too because no one has ever heard about Gideon's like he, mm-hmm. his love life is never in the office so what Sam assumes he has one and just has been quiet about it his whole as long as they've known each other so he doesn't want he's like I figure you want to keep it quiet too and then Gideon yeah. gets pissed because he does not want to keep it quiet he does not he wants everybody to know so he yeah there's nothing there and and it's just like they get into the spot where it's just like what what do you do at that point then because Sam is living sort of through these trauma you know and coming out to his parents and them rejecting who he is and so you know having relationships going forward was a little bit hard for him to sort of you know if there's always that fear that that rejection will always come back you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but of course Gideon is just like I don't give a fuck I, I love you I want to do this and I want to do this the right way and so there's that hesitation well he there. goes ahead and like after like he is mad he's mad at, at mm-hmm. Sam for even suggesting that they keep it silent or quiet and then of course yeah people start showing up right after so we didn't even talk but the sex scene with the olive oil happens like oh yeah with like an hour before everyone's meeting at his house at sam's (laughs) house he's like the office is like not secure they feel like they've been spied on at the office so they have to they have to take it secret and so they're going to move to sam's house for the secret meeting and everyone's like okay we're going to be there in you know an hour and so (laughs) then they have sex in the living room on the floor with olive oil with olive oil Mm -hmm. with minutes before people start walking in the door and then sam's like we're gonna keep this quiet right i was like one these are supernatural beings they're gonna smell it fucking humans would smell that no they'd walk in and be like this is smells like a lot of sex and cooking and olive oil Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but then gideon he's mad at sam but even then at the end doesn't he kiss him on the way out oh yeah and sam's just left standing in front of everybody all of his co-workers like and then Mm -hmm. gideon leaves and sam's like uh, okay so we uh <laughs> and he thinks gideon did it on purpose to be mean but they they all explained to him like don't you understand why gideon doesn't want to keep this a secret he's yeah. obviously like super protective and yes anyway it's a super cute relationship it is. and it makes sam see what gideon was feeling yes and that he's not afraid to be open about it no and almost yeah you're right like stick his claim on him and be like yeah this one's mine again um, there's a lot of yeah territorial apparently yes. among supernatural yeah. 
<laughs> but then that takes us to our kiss and tell, yes. which is whether or not we've ever tried to keep an encounter or a relationship or whatever secret. Not necessarily like in the office or anything. No. But just like neither of us have generally. the right offices for that kind <laughs> of <laughs> relationship. <laughs> we both work in very heavily female or, or dominated mm-hmm. spaces so and we're not lesbians so you know no office that, romances yeah. for us and you know we're much younger quote unquote than you know true a lot, a lot of well not anymore but at the beginning yeah in the beginning definitely yeah 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 okay so yeah i <laughs> like everyone knows my story <laughs> i've talked about it on the podcast plenty but yeah there was when I started seeing Patrick, I knew that I was like, okay, we're not going to openly discuss this with the whole group because it was a friend group situation. And so I don't know how long. I wasn't going to tell anyone for a long time. And I only told you because we started this podcast. Yes, you told <laughs> me like, right before we started, like uh, literally two minutes before I hit record. <laughs> I was like, okay, I mean, if we're going to talk about our sex lives, uh, I should let you know that I've been sleeping with Patrick for like, and it was like nine months at that point. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, not like it just happened <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> it had been continuously going on. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we were particularly sneaky and no one knew. I just know we weren't talking about it. <laughs> so I obviously I was the last to know just because a lot of it was happening at Emily's, Emily's house. house. <laughs> so of course, Emily knew. And it wasn't like, like, I don't know, it was shared secrets between the three of us. But like, I know Emily did eventually tell me as well, or Ryan, one of them, mm-hmm. let it slip. And then it was almost kind of like, eh, it was suspected. I didn't have any confirmation of it until you told me. <laughs> then I knew. Yeah. And then eventually it was just kind of just come out. Because even before you confirmed it and told me that, we did try to go that one night when we went up to Blackhawk and tried to stay at the aisle. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, there's only three rooms. I said, Cleaner, you're going to have to stay with Patrick. And then you just shrugged and said, "Eh." (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So it was when my suspicions took a a rise. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you can't really be that secret, especially when you're always doing stuff after group meetups. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But yeah, um, it (laughs) wasn't that big of a secret, I guess. And it wasn't really. (laughs) I No, I think it was. It was hidden. It was so not necessary say that it was a secret and it just wasn't out in the open to something we could just like comfortably talk about casually. Yeah. And I think I was mostly concerned that Emily would be upset. Yeah. Cause that's a, well, that's and a, yeah, because the relationship between Ryan and Patrick and mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. want her to think I was endangering that or anything. Yeah. So. Well, turns out it, w- it wasn't you that did any of that. So no, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> mess that? anything up. <laughs> happen all on its own um i would say for me like a hidden relationship or secret i think i don't think it was anything that i hid from like my friends from you guys Mm -hmm. it was i had hidden my feelings and my emotions and i guess the secret conversation they weren't secret they were out in the open it's just that he didn't know about it was my communication with Julian when I was with my ex-fiance. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's the most hidden thing. I tell you guys everything. You guys know about mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. all of the guys that I've been with. Like, that's no big secret to you guys. Dan knows about all of them too. But So I would say that the most hidden one that I've ever had was that situation where I was really just keeping it from the guy I was with at that moment. 
from the guy that I was talking to and building, I guess, a deeper Mm -hmm. feeling. Thank you. Feelings for. Yeah. Deeper connections too. I think having relationships are very important. And if you have that emotional attachment, you just, if it comes, it comes out of it. You know, like it is one of those things. And having not the greatest relationship with your current partner also helps kind of feed into those emotions that you crave oh so of course if you're missing yeah. something very vital you're going to look for it elsewhere yeah or and absolutely. even if you're not looking for it if it shows up like if yeah. spontaneously someone you're talking to is filling that void yes that's a good sign you need to make a change in life like something isn't that's right because exactly it. it wouldn't be available to you if you weren't missing something where you were at yeah exactly i think i mean i guess there's people who just are not natural who don't like monogamy and that's a whole different ball game <laughs> sure yeah i mean it's all to everybody else's preferences you know so i mean if that's open and agreed upon between all partners then cool yeah but if it's not and you're starting to feel something then yeah things are you got to make a choice because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's not fair you can't just spring that on midway through no and be like hey guess what we should be poly now what <laughs> I didn't sign on for that. I love you, but I also love her. Mm, so It's going to be problematic um, for me. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair that I had put the guy I was with at that time through that. Yeah, but, yeah. You were 16, so. I was 16. <laughs> I was 16 It's indeed. like your brain is like <laughs> half developed at that point. <laughs> There's so much more brain uh, to figure out. So. Uh, so much. God, I cannot believe that that was my life. And then like not even four years later, I was married. I just jumped into shit. I'm like, I was fucking fucking do this. I'm like, like, let's go. Let's fucking do this. I gotta live my life. Uh, For someone who is scared of everything. That is true. You made some pretty large leaps that but I don't think you were always scared of everything. I think it's gotten worse the older you get. I I have to agree with that, you but I have like to tell you this when you were young. No, I wasn't and my 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 fear of everything has increased more since especially since I became a mom, but also I don't think love or relationships truly have deterred me. They don't scare me. No. Building relationships and building love and like meaningful water and crossing the street scares you. <laughs> Sharks and alligators. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, other things that scare other people, like love and relationships, I'm also like, yeah, let's do this. I can do it. I so. now agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> do I'm like tell. the most wishy-washy on <laughs> Or not wishy-washy, but I just have a very, I'm open to changing my opinion on things. <laughs> And over the course of this podcast, I've come to change my opinion on many a thing over like the six years we've been doing this. (laughs) Oh, it would be a drastic difference if we went back and started listening to the early stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely have a different opinion now. So So what do you, can you tell about like, are you talking about love and relationships? Yeah. I do think that love is good now. (laughs) Not bullshit. (laughs) If it's like, yeah. I really love that. Yes. And I think the real truth in everything that I've discovered in the past few years with myself was that I didn't buy into it because I never really was in that Mm. kind of a relationship. I was always in a settling kind of relationship where I was just like, this is easy and this works. And then I was pretty pessimistic about love because I wasn't ever actually in love. Right. And I didn't believe them to be either. I don't know whether that's true or not, but I didn't believe Mm. in it. So I was like, no, this is just easy. It's fine. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's comfortable. <laughs> it's comfortable, it's... and we don't have to have real emotions about yep. anything. Mm-hmm. And now, later on, I am discovering that that's actually a much, it's much better to be in love <laughs> relationship. I agree. I like to compare, like, think of it as a, me- not a metaphor. What's the other one? I don't remember. It, when you compare, so, so, yes, let's do that. <laughs> Words. Word Depends on the way you phrase this, whether it's a yeah. metaphor or simile. I'll explain it, then you can tell me what it is. <laughs> It's almost kind of like Monsters, Inc., right? Mm -hmm. Where they were collecting screams because they needed it for energy. And that suffice. That was what they needed. It doesn't matter how you get it, but that's just what works. And that's what we have to collect. And that's going to happen. We were Mm -hmm. just settling with it. But then they found out that laughter gave out so much more power and so much more energy. Mm -hmm. So then they started like, okay, this is acceptable. We can bring that in instead. And it just makes us feel better. It makes everybody feel better. So I like to compare Mm -hmm. it to that. So it's just like, it's like Monsters, Inc. My love. Love life is like Monsters, Inc. (laughs) Until you truly experience it and see it on the other side and you're like, oh, okay, this is much better. It's so much better. Actually (laughs) being in love and like actually (laughs) being interested in the person you're Mm -hmm. with is a much better place to be. Yeah. And like seeking out someone specifically like that. There's oh, it's so much smarter. But to be fair to my younger self, like I had to get to this place in my life. Like I didn't like I didn't have the self-esteem or the self. I didn't like myself. So why was I? I couldn't pursue a relationship with someone who would like me because I didn't believe that possible. Right. And And you have to start with yourself. Yes. Yeah, you do. And so like getting to a better place with myself where I was just like, look, I am cool. (laughs) And I'm pretty (laughs) fucking awesome. And I should find someone who thinks the same thing really is a lot better. And so it's like, yeah. So once once I got there mm-hmm. with myself, then it was a lot easier to seek out a relationship where I could be like, no, you have to really like me. Otherwise, I'm not wasting my time on it. Yeah. yeah. And it took a lot of self-realization, self-awareness oh, yeah. to get there. That so, shit yeah. is not done overnight by any means. Mm-mm. It definitely no, takes and- like being 40. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, our listeners who have followed us for so long can see that transition in you that have been listening to us for, you know, a couple of years. They can hear it and see it. And, you know, you talk about the books and, and the things that you have read and like the different mm-hmm. body changes that you were stopping your pill and you yeah, know, that definitely doing all too. that stuff. So we can see that progression in you. And I think it's beautiful. I'm, I'm loving, <laughs> of course, that you're on the love boat with me now. Because <laughs> before it was just me on this happy little love boat with my one oar dragging you along behind me in a fucking tube like yeah, it's just, just sitting petulantly just... in the water like getting pulled behind like this is bullshit you're like bullshit i'm fucking there but it's bullshit but now you're on the boat paddling with me so it's yeah. beautiful <laughs> <sighs> all right god well, hey, do you have a fun fuck I fact? I do fact? have a fun fuck fact. So in honor of this office romance story that we read, even though, yes, they started out as a one night stand outside of the office, but then they end up still working together and together at the end. Mm-hmm. I have an article uh, from Cosmopolitan.com. Well, CosmopolitanMe.com, I guess. And it's called The Do's and Don'ts of an Office Romance, All the Stuff Your HR Department Won't Tell You by Brooke Dallow. And it is kind of an older article. It's from July 14th, 2016. But you know what? It's on. It's in Cosmo. It's timeless. <laughs> Cosmo would never lie to us, guys. No, never, ever. 
So just some quick, there's, it's just a quick list of do's and don'ts. So do keep it a secret for as long as possible. Check for actual sparks. Basically, are you guys just hooking up because you both hate work? Right. (laughs) Or do you actually like each other? (laughs) I love this one. This one's my favorite. Know the location of security cameras. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Don't get caught with video evidence. (laughs) And beware of office politics. Mm. you know obviously the whole like yeah. are you a woman and are you sleeping with your male boss and is it is everyone gonna say that you just slept your way to the top kind of shit right you know? mm-hmm. is there a power dynamic that you should be concerned with power because is it yep. really a relationship or a power abuse yeah kind of thing mm-hmm. so obviously this is a funny article about it or not funny but it's it's taking it lightheartedly and not yeah we're not dealing with all of the like me too abuse parts of a what that can be part of an office it wouldn't be a romance in that situation but you know right So definitely Mm -hmm. check in with yourself. Make sure you're in it and not being taken advantage of. Then the don'ts. Don't hit send on that sexy email (laughs) 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 through your company's email accounts. Don't do that at all. Stick to Gmail. (laughs) Don't. Here we go. Don't date your boss. Just don't. (laughs) Just don't do it. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Um, do not get busy at the office. Um, I have a office, like I I have a, what's, it's not a kink. What's the word? Uh, fantasy of like getting fucked on my desk. Oh, yes. I have for years and years and it's never (laughs) happened, but I really someday, and I mean, it would definitely be after hours. I'm not going to do it during, I'm not crazy. (laughs) But I have like, you know, just taking a, you know, taking a guy up there during the evening and just being like, this is my office. Fuck me on this desk. this is my table. And just bend me over real quick (laughs) and fuck me on it. Because I think, I don't know why that just, mm, I really like that idea. It's, no, I know I get it. But I definitely, if you're, especially if you're sleeping with someone, a coworker, don't fuck in the office. That's not okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And then the very last one is don't forget what work will be like if you break up. <laughs> oh, I think that's the most important <laughs> that one. That one might be like central. Like mm-hmm. you may not stay together forever. And if you have to keep working together, what's that going to be like? Yeah, that's going to be very hard. That's a, sort of like what Sam and Gideon were going through, even though it happened before they knew they were going to mm-hmm. be working together. Mm-hmm. But still, there was that thing there. Always. Always there. Yep. Yeah. So that's our fun little fun fuck fact for this episode. Mm-hmm. And then I guess we should rate the book now yeah i would highly recommend this book i know we didn't really talk about like one of their last scenes together but mm. gideon gives a pretty good bj at the end there the, and yeah, the bj scene is awesome oh it, it's a good scene i took some notes <laughs> i've been um implementing them in my technique yeah. it's been pretty good for me <laughs> I loved this because you get it from that point of view, right? And and you have, there's details and it is graphic. It's descriptive. And I love that you took notes. You're going to have to share them with me because if, naturally I never, I never hold the place of the places that I want to go back and re-listen to because I just don't do it. I'm in the moment and then that's it. It's gone. It is fast. harder with I, audiobooks. Like I, I can yeah. save a clip, but it's still just never as easy as ebooks no. where you highlight and you can actually go back to, or even a physical book. Exactly. If you put like a page, turn a page down or something thing you can go back to yeah plus i take it off my device oh so what i download it listen to it and then it's then i take mine it off. is yeah set to delete the second it finishes because <laughs> otherwise oh, nice. i have 700 fucking my phone wouldn't work oh no you no you wouldn't have It'd a be phone like, 
But yeah, so for book, Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to give it an eight. It's got an interesting story to it. Yeah. The only reason I hesitate a little bit is because I did get a little bit lost on what the purpose of it was. Like, I mean, it just got a little bit. It was complicated. Yeah, it was still it's very like, complicated. I boiled it down to an attempt to improve their fertility. There is mm-hmm. nothing about the actual experiment that makes sense to do that <laughs> because it's suppressing the supernatural abilities of the people. I don't get it. <laughs> it yeah, to me, it is, it's almost kind of like eventually they're going to be able to push out. It's it's like if they think they're human or if they're human at the beginning, they will have the human fertility rate <laughs> and thus... If you can get them to have a lot of kids before their supernatural genes kick in. Yeah. I don't. And then they'll have more supernatural kids. I don't know. It does. I seriously, guys, I was like. It just, it seems like they're pushing a very difficult evolution. Slightly complex and convoluted. And yeah, mostly I didn't care. I was really just like more into the things that they had to do to like free Sam's powers. And then like his responses and his love of Gideon. So, so I think that if I'd have read this book, I would have given it a seven. Yeah. But because I listened to it and Joel really animated this book so well, I gave him that eight because I think Joel helped out with that. I agree. Because it was easy to just be like, what? Well, move on, move on. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And then like one of the main people died and I was like, what? People don't yeah, die in our like, books. No, That's fucking terrible. No, no, I don't want her to die. But then they do get to bring Alistair onto the team, which I'm super excited for. I love <laughs> Alistair. I love Alistair. And I agree with you. I think on the whole, like, it's a really good book and the sex scenes are super cute. It was mm-hmm. difficult because there weren't that many of them. <laughs> I no. Like, I'm so were. horny sometimes. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> You're like, there were three. only 17. There's only three in an eight hour book. That's not enough. Um <laughs> where's my yeah non-stop sex um (laughs) but that's okay too because it did make sense with the story like i loved i did like that it was a bit of a different take for us because it isn't insta love they just had they had a great Mm -hmm. attraction at that bar and if they'd never seen each other again that would have been fine yeah but because they then had to spend five more years like working together and not (laughs) dealing with their emotions yeah and then all of a sudden being like okay well turns out we're still in love So I did Mm -hmm. like, I just liked how different it was. I liked how different the love story was for us. Uh, You know, uh, fuck, I love gay porn. Why not? I did. I do too. It turns me on the same way as if I just watched straight or listened to it. It's the same. To me, it's love. Love. Yeah, it's love. love. And yeah. Yeah. Watching them like just dick down each other. (laughs) If I can. No, that's literally. I'm just watching it. If. It doesn't matter really where it goes in. It's there. It's getting in something. Something is getting in something. something and it's, <laughs> yes. Something is getting in somewhere. Absolutely. And it's, this shit is happening. Yeah. I think that would make it eight overall, including the sets. Absolutely. I agree. I think that's a very solid, yeah. you know, because it is fun different take on our traditional romances it did have a nice plot to it but you know it wasn't too much that I was bored or I don't want to say bored I just want to say like sometimes the books are like so involved in their plot and I'm like Hein came here for sex I don't know (laughs) where you can get lost too lost because I I find myself in that too I'm like looking I came here for sex you need to like just give me sex (laughs) did you not know what book you were writing (laughs) hello yeah you know not everybody wants the books to just be 100 percent steam and i get that you know (laughs) 
Yeah. So I do. You no, know, it was fun. Well done. Yeah. Demons do it better. We recommend. And we especially awesome. recommend the narration because Joel Leslie is key. Yeah. Key. Super good. Absolutely. I will like specifically look for him in other books because I'm like, that's a narrator I want to hear again. Yeah. I just love it. It was it was very attractive. Yeah. Well, what am I trying to say? Like, uh, yeah. it kept me entertained. Yes. Yeah. It definitely kept me engaged too because his... The that's internal the monologue of Sam is wonderful. And that's the writer, obviously. But then Joel just doing that, like, so, yeah. so emotive and so with so much passion so and, like, just, like, really being Sam. was just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, yeah, go read this book, guys. Or go listen to this book. Yes. All right. So for our next book, everybody, we are going to be reading Even Though I Knew the End by C.L. Polk, narrated by January Lavoie. Now, that's what the the book is called. The book is called Even Though I Knew the End. So when we were talking about this book, Kalina was explaining this book, and she said, even though I knew the end. And I was like, well, how do you know the end of a book before you even know? That is not Kalina's MO. That's not what Kalina does. So I got confused. But the name (laughs) of the book is called Even Though I Knew the End. (laughs) It is. It is. And that's the name of the book. It's good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Join us next time for that. And in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can find us on social media at Dirty Books, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us directly at dirtybooks at gmail.com. And in all of those places, it is with three H's. And you can visit us on our website at dirtybooks.com and most places that you could find podcasts. You guys can go there, rate, review, subscribe. That would be so amazing. And like Kalina said, we'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you, Jim Townsend, for the music. And with that, we're going to say goodnight. This is Sayla. This is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Galena and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them. <laughs>